everybody should assume that they've already been compromised. For example, whether it's your baby monitor, your smart TV, your webcam on your laptop, or your smartphone or tablet, antivirus and firewall software and all these tools, uh, the security tools of the day, are old history to the new cyber criminals and exploiters. Hey everyone, it's Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival. And you remember those science fiction movies where the robots and the machines take over the Earth and they end up enslaving us humans as their minions? Well, while I don't think that's going to happen in my lifetime, there is a weird little parallel reality where the electronic gadgets, gizmos, and gear that you and I depend on each and every day could in fact be your enemy in disguise. In fact, I can absolutely 100% promise you right now that you're being spied on at least three different ways and you don't even know it. But of course, you know that I'm not just the problem guy, I'm the solutions guy as well. And I managed to talk with a high-level tech expert whose specialty is working with both the government and citizens in combating electronic surveillance and hacking. So even if you can barely operate a calculator, trust me, you're going to want to take notes on these simple ways that you can protect your and your family's digital security. Let's go ahead and get started now. If bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging, would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. In a world in which every conceivable thing you're doing is being watched, either by snooping corporations, greedy hackers, or our own all-powerful government, Surveillance is a fact of life. I mean, face it, Americans no longer live in a free society. We live in a digital concentration camp whose prison guards are the countless different means and methods through which your personal data could be compromised. In our modern world, you are the data. Now, if someone gets access to that data, they can do serious damage to your life, either officially or unofficially. It doesn't matter if it's the government or some identity thief in another country. You don't want your personal data and the statistics that govern your credit, your identity, and your place in society to be breached. But what exactly can you do to protect yourself? I can tell you that it isn't enough to simply know the theory behind counter-surveillance. You must take real action now to put in place those safeguards you can for the sake of you and your family. And we're about to reveal those critical steps you should know now to put together your own counter-espionage plan. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat Survival Magazine, with another podcast to help you better prepare in your role as a protector and a patriot. And here to help us build a blueprint for improving your personal data safety, we're talking to privacy expert Gary Molesky. Gary, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me on the program. I appreciate it. Great to have you here. I'm really looking forward to the information. Listen, Gary, Gary is the founder of Snoopwall and the creator of the company's revolutionary anti-spyware technology. He's been extremely active in the InfoSec arena, most recently as the editor of Cyber Defense Magazine and the cover story author and regular contributor to Hack and Nine Magazine. Besides being on the advisory board of the Center for the Study of Counterterrorism and Cybercrime at Norwich University, Gary's also advised the National Infrastructure Advisory Council, or NIAC, 
which operates within the U.S. Department of Homeland Security in their development of the national strategy to secure cyberspace. Actually, Gary is, in fact, a founding member of the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. So you can say that he really has that firsthand knowledge of the threats that we face in privacy espionage, as well as the steps that we can all take to better protect ourselves from prying eyes. Now, for more information on Gary, his products, and his services, please visit him at www.snoopwall.com. And that's just like it sounds, S-N-O-O-P-W-A-L-L.com. All right. Gary, I really want to start off with getting a, a better picture of the who when it comes to privacy breaches. So who exactly are the people we should be most worried about creeping into our digital secrets and, and what hidden forms of spying have you uncovered that people are unaware of? And I guess, I guess even more importantly, what's the most critical first step someone should take to better protect themselves from, from those breaches? Well, everybody should assume that they've already been compromised. For example, whether it's your baby monitor, your smart TV, your webcam on your laptop, or your smartphone or tablet, antivirus and firewall software and all these tools, uh, the security tools of the day, are old history to the new cyber criminals and exploiters. And so we really need to think about our privacy and our privacy behaviors. And if we look at, for example, just apps on our smartphone, how many do we have on our smartphone? How many of them do we know where they're from? Many of them come from China and Russia and other countries, and they eavesdrop on us. Nothing is free in this world anymore. And so you need to look at permissions, privacy policies, visit websites when you're downloading these people's apps and see if they're for real, see if their website's even in English. And finally, send them an email. Send an email to their support. If you get a strange website, if you get a Gmail account, not their company account, uh, in a response, uh, if the privacy or permissions looks odd, Dump that app, clean it off your your smartphone, just as an example. You know, and, and I know that from experience. Not not that I've been breached that I know of. Well, I guess I, I I'm sure that I have because I'm one of those people that's kind of breezed over a lot of the apps that I get down. But when you look at a lot of these, like on iTunes, even the description of the apps themselves don't even seem like they're in English. You know, like, like it's 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 foreign English. And you know, I think people don't need to understand that. Um, overseas, if there's a breach uh, of data, and data is money, to, to Internet people, and I'm in an Internet business, data is money. Well, the more you know about people, their buying habits and things like that, you can put certain you know, ads in front of them that have a higher possibility of getting a sale. The problem with, and I know this from experience, when, my, when our products have been hacked by, over, by overseas and they've been distributed, there's very little that we've been able to do like with a, with a foreign company. If there's somebody in Istanbul or Turkey or something like that, it's hard for me to get a, an international lawyer to shut down a website or a company that has taken our information and spread it all over the place. So, so those, those are all really good tips. You know, Gary, we I'd all also say for, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm saying, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say for our kids, most of our children install more apps than we do on smartphones and tablets and they never check the permissions, and they don't even know about geolocation and geotagging. So an important thing for a parent to do is to understand that every photo you take on your smartphone or your tablet will usually have built into that photo the location, latitude, and longitude of where you took the photo along with the date and time stored, hidden in the picture file. That can be easily downloaded and used to determine where your kids were and when, they took a photo. So, for example, if your 
having a sleepover party and your daughter or son says, hey, mom and dad are out getting pizza right now. We're having a blast. They take a photo in their pajamas. They upload it to Instagram or Twitter. An online predator or pedophile can get that data out of it and say, oh, there's the house and that's where they're located and mom and dad aren't home right now. Turn off geotagging. Don't use GPS unless you're using your phone or your tablet to get directions. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we've talked about this Kevin Bacon principle before where no matter how much I might safeguard my own phone, the apps that I put on, things like that, um, you know, your, your kids or your, your neighbors or your, you know, there's lots of other people that are linked to you that might be spreading information about you that you don't even know about or have control over. That also happens in Facebook with plugins. Facebook has been, uh, they call it opening up their environment for third-party uh, advertisers. And what happens is many companies, you'll you know sign up for a magazine or something, and it'll say, oh, just hit, enter your Facebook info here so that you can be a member. And then when you do, that company may get plugged into your your or your child's contact list, you know, all of your friends in Facebook. Mm. They may install something into Facebook, which is called a plugin that starts to eavesdrop and learn your behavior so that they can monetize you, as you said earlier. Yeah. You know, Gary, we're all obviously, you know, we have our, we have very personal information hidden on what we feel is the deep safe recesses of our computer's hard drive. That could be financial data. It could be stored credit card information. It could be bank records. It could even be someone's naked pictures of their wife that they think are secure. Is it wrong for someone to assume that their computer antivirus software and firewall protect them? And what is the best way to make sure that someone's personal data is safe on their own computer's hard drive, even at home? Well, the um, senior vice president of Symantec was quoted in the Wall Street Journal saying antivirus is dead. NTT, the Japanese telecommunications company, tested the top 11 antivirus products for a whole year and used what's called a honeypot to just collect malware. The top 11 antivirus products on average could only determine out of all the malware they collected that 30 to 50% was malware. The rest got through. So you, you've got to assume that antivirus is not enough, that you might already be infected. And part of the latest infections are called rats, remote access trojans. That means if you have a wireless router at home, for example, you want to look at the logs. You want to when you're not using your computer, notice if there's any traffic flowing. And if so, you're going to need some advanced cleanup tools uh, like MSYSoft or F-Secure or Bitdefender's emergency kits. You can get them on USB sticks for free or on a, a CD and you reboot your computer and clean up the malware. That That's the one big problem is that we can be infected and not know it. Mm. And so cleaning up that mess is important. The second to answer your question is there is some great encryption out there. And in fact... I think the federal government doesn't want us to have some of the best encryption. So I used to always say TrueCrypt was number one, one of my favorites. And now if you go to their website, it says TrueCrypt is not secure. Don't download it. But I believe TrueCrypt version 6 or earlier might be the best hard drive encryption out there that's, that's open source. And then you encrypt your whole hard drive. Then if somebody breaks into your computer, they don't know what's on it without the password. Yeah. Well, it's there's a false sense of security with a lot of this stuff. And obviously, a lot of the 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 um, you know the protection companies, the uh, 
the you know the ones that are that are are selling the software to guard the hard drives aren't going to necessarily tell you that it's not going to catch all the malware. Gary, you talk about decentralization of data as a best practice for counter surveillance. What is decentralization and what's the easiest way for the non-techie to use it to protect their personal data? And I, and I ask this because I think most people just assume that it's, it's better to put all of your eggs in one basket and just watch that one basket really closely than, than do something like decentralization. Well, you know, uh, the Snowden leak, uh, the NSA wants to put every piece of data they collect in a big, big data center in Utah. Yeah. The location of that data center is on the Chinese radar and the Russians' radar right now. If everything's in one place, that's the place you want to attack. Why are the top 100 banks on the top list of hackers? Because that's where all the money is, right? So to decentralize data means, you know, don't put everything in one laptop or desktop. Don't um, you know? Don't keep all the same passwords for all the things you're you're doing. You you might need to keep multiple passwords for multiple things. Don't put them all in a wallet or a um, password manager because that's the first thing a hacker wants to break. If they break the password manager, they get your twenty or thirty passwords. So decentralizing of the data means you know store things that are important to you in multiple places, maybe on some USB sticks, maybe on some external hard drives. And then, of course, encryption is important. And then have multiple passwords that you do change frequently. It's real easy to change uh, an S with a dollar sign and an I with an exclamation mark and an O with a zero. And by doing that, brute force password crackers can't get in at your data, especially if it's encrypted using these more complex passwords. Or if they do, they're only getting a certain you know, a certain portion of it rather than the whole thing. I guess, you know, we have a lot of survivalists that, that read our magazine and, and listen to the podcast and everything. And I guess, you know, you could kind of, kind of call it data caching, you know, from those terms. It's, it's not putting ever you don't put all of your stuff in one place that if it's found or if it's, you know, exposed or taken or whatever, it's, it's got everything that you've got. It makes a lot of sense from that angle. Exactly. And it's like money, right? You can have money in two or three or four banks. If one of those banks goes out of business or there's a run on that bank, maybe the smaller credit union you can still get at your cash. Maybe the safe with your you know, gold and silver is still accessible to you. Having it in multiple places, maybe the bitcoins that you have might be tradable for coffee or food or whatever with some other folks in your area. We have the largest number of bitcoin millionaires uh, in New Hampshire where my company is. And they trade all the time. They have this thing they call the Agora, you know, the marketplace. And you can buy fresh vegetables with your Bitcoins, and you don't have to bring cash. And Bitcoins are the world's first countervalence currency, non, you know, centralized. And that's the idea of moving things around where, you know, if someone stole your hard drive, but you've got the Bitcoin knowledge in your head or on a piece of paper in your wallet or wherever you keep it, you can always get back your Bitcoin. That's a really cool concept is just decentralizing your currencies. Yeah, that's an interesting concept. I think we're, a lot of people are still still very confused about that and, and looking to see where it goes. We're talking with Gary Malewski of SnoopWall.com about the digital security hacks that you don't know and the strategies that you can use now to protect your privacy. I'll be back here with some more tips here in just a minute, including insider secrets for defeating government spy programs, a shocking story of how a celebrity's own bedroom was video hacked and tools for creating a digital force field around some of the best private information. But first, check out this special information. 
Are you a proud defender of the Second Amendment? Are you tired of your whiny sister-in-law's liberal tantrums about the need for more gun control? Are you infuriated with government gun grabbers trying to strip you of your God-given right to own a nuclear bazooka? Well, my fellow patriot, it's time for a Smackdown. Smackdown. In our free 2AD Smackdown debate guide, you'll discover how to win any gun control argument armed with three questions. That's right. Just ask these three simple questions and watch as that smug little smile disappears from their little face of even the most ignorant know-it-all liberal. Plus, you'll discover easy, fact-based, can't-lose, crybaby comebacks for the most common myths, misinformation, and outright lies. Like, gun shows are the criminals' flea market. Countries with tighter gun control have lower crime rates. Banning guns protects our children. More control keeps guns out of the hands of crazy people. And a whole lot more. Arm yourself now with the ultimate argument winner by claiming your free copy of 2AD Smackdown. Visit www.2adsmackdown.com. That's the number 2adsmackdown.com. And now, back to our show. Okay, we're back with Gary Molesky of SnoopWall.com talking about defeating the digital hacks most people are completely unaware of. We have a lot more to cover, so let's go ahead and jump back in the, in the interview now. Now, Gary, you also work with the Department of Homeland Security, which is another one of those government agencies that have shown that they're using personal data for official uses in our domestic terror watch programs. I mean, I've, I've even seen leaks now of lists of keywords that they're specifically scraping for across the Internet. Now, your role sort of makes you, I guess what you call like a double agent in that you're also trying to show people how to avoid being spied on as well. So from your insider perspective, what are our biggest threats when it comes to surveying Internet activity and what's the best way to surf the Internet and stay as invisible as possible to government surveillance programs? Well, first, my work with the federal government has been to protect our critical infrastructure against other nation states taking it down. Um, so that's one thing I've done. And the other is I'm on MITRE's advisory board for the CVE program, Common Vulnerabilities and Exposures, funded by DHS. It's a great program. You can go, just as an example, you go to nvd.nist.gov, the National Vulnerability Database. Type in the equipment you have at home or the version of your browser or the op Windows operating system. The National Vulnerability Database lists the current holes in whatever it is you're running, and it tells you if you can patch it, reconfigure it, or change it so that hackers or cyber criminals or online predators can't break into your stuff, whether it's your browser, uh, you know, Outlook, Word, your operating system, uh, your, your wireless router. Maybe there's a patch. Maybe you have to turn on a certain feature. So that's one thing I've been involved in, which is really defense, you know, not spying. Um, on others and on the spying on others, you know, bothers me as much as you that, you know, whereas Putin jokes and says, we, we, we know where the needles are in the haystack. The U.S. says, let's just collect the whole haystack. We'll find the needles later. <laughs> you know, uh, we do have a constitution. We do have a right to privacy and it does concern me. And, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it alone unless we, you know, lobby for Congress to change the behavior. And so when it comes to us personally protecting our smartphones and our tablets and our computers and our families, we have to practice countervailance, counter-surveillance. 
you know, you could spray the back of your license plate with this spray that makes it invisible to, you know, to cameras because you don't believe cameras should be taking pictures of you on the highway. Uh, maybe legal, maybe illegal, but that's countervalence, making your plate invisible. You can do the same with your computer. And the way to do it is, number one, encryption. You encrypt the whole computer. You encrypt the whole hard drive. Maybe you use Tor, T-O-R, when you browse the Internet. Maybe you sign up for a third-party VPN or proxy service. You do have a right to privacy. And if you're, you know, you're not a criminal and you're not doing anything illegal, then what do you have to worry about by encrypting everything you do? Now, criminals do that, and terrorists do that. They use encryption all the time. And that's why our government's pretty paranoid about it. But I think encryption is number one. Strong passwords is number two. And maybe number three is also make sure whatever you're doing this on has no vulnerabilities. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. Um, and it's, you know, it's interesting to always see this kind of tug of war that happens within, you know, hackers world and then counter, you know, counter surveillance or countervalence. You know, we see, you know, it's the same thing with um, with radar detectors for like police, right? Like they would come out with a new radar. The radar detector companies would come out with new technology to overcome that. And it was kind of like this constant, you know, uh, tennis match going back and forth of, of kind of one-upping the next thing and be able to defeat certain things that come up. So it's it's interesting to see what technology comes out in this marketplace of, you know, we us being made you know made more aware of of surveillance that's going on. Exactly, and you know, there's so much surveillance technology out there. Uh, there was a, a writer for a magazine who asked me, "Hey, could I disappear for two days?" I said, "Well, it'd be pretty painful." And you know, he lives in San Francisco. And I said, "Okay, go get yourself a burner phone. <laughs> go go buy some bitcoins using um you know a prepaid Visa card that you use cash to get. When you go get that Visa card, wear a hat that has three LEDs on it, so every camera at your face is a blur. <laughs> you know, by the time we were done, and he did do this, he said, "Boy, was that a painful process to disappear." <laughs> Countervalence is hard when everywhere you go, you're being spied on. Yeah, and when you're wearing three LED uh, lights on top of your hat, it kind of makes it hard to blend in, too. <laughs> you don't blend in, but the cameras on all the street corners don't know who you yeah, are. Yeah, right. Now, now the other area that's real that makes me really nervous is you know cyber predators going into people's baby webcam monitors. All you have to do on this on the spying on your webcam in your house is change the port number that you can connect to it on. Most hackers want to break in on low port numbers. Normally it's port 80 or 443. You can go into your webcam or your baby monitor, and, and if it has Internet access, change it to you know a really high port number, 65,000 or some number in that range. The average uh, hacking tool isn't going to find it. Change its password. Patch it if there's a patch. People don't do these basic things, and then they wonder why they're being spied on on their webcam at home. Put it behind a, a wireless router that has a firewall. And then, you know, there's other things. Your smart TV. Don't buy a Samsung smart TV that has a privacy policy that says, and I'm not joking when I tell you this, we will eavesdrop and listen in on every word you say when you're in the proximity of this television, and it will be sent wirelessly to uh, servers in South Korea so that one day advertisers may send you targeted ads on your television. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, and, would you and, be using that smart TV? Yeah, and nobody read. I mean, who reads the privacy information, right? I mean, like, no, it's just next. You just click next, next, next on anything. It seems like with uh, with privacy information on anything, but you know, 
So it's time to read. It's time to yeah. take back our privacy, to reclaim our privacy. The first thing you can do on all these apps that you download is just check the permissions. Would you believe the number one Bible app in iTunes and the Play Store connects to servers in Russia? No kidding. No kidding. And because we've been tracking these kinds of pieces of yeah. malware, it's number one. How did it get into the Play Store? How did Apple allow it? They really don't care about the real creepware or malware spyware because they claim they scrub for malware. They're scrubbing with tools that only catch a small percentage of it. The, 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 the dirty little secret of the industry is Apple and Google and Microsoft want to monetize us by offering toolkits for developers to make great apps that have access to every port on our phone. Uh, webcam, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, NFC, the list goes on, contacts list, etc. So if you're going to download the Bible app, maybe you should pay for it. Don't get the free version and make sure it says doesn't need network access, doesn't read your contact list, doesn't send SMS messages. Mm-hmm. The number one Bible app does all those things. It sends SMS messages without permission. It reads your contacts list. It reads everything it can out of your phone history. It sends that data to another country. No. Okay, I'm officially scared to death now. You know, there there is a, a scary story though that I, I do want you to share, and this is uh, this is this just blows me away. But I, I know that you've worked with Miss Teen USA Cassidy Wolf, and and it was following a pretty shocking story of how her privacy had been invaded. Can you quickly share with everyone what happened to her and the most important lessons that people should take away from her experience? So, at 17 years old, still technically a minor. Cassidy Wolf, before she became Miss Teen USA, a hacker installed a remote access Trojan into her laptop, into her smartphone, into her tablet, eavesdropped on every device she had in the house and wherever she went. He took 40,000 photos of her, including in the nude. She could have been coming out of the shower, uh, changing in her bedroom, you know, brushing her teeth. He took all these photos. He finally kind of um, connected to her and without her knowing who he was, saying, here's some of the stuff I have on you. If you don't give me more, um, you know, I'm going to put these out publicly on the Internet. Then she was running for Miss Teen USA, and she kind of laid low on it. She talked to the FBI. Uh, She was devastated. She was crying and depressed, and yet, luckily, she became Miss Teen USA 2013, and she decided to make privacy her platform for the whole year. And we offered to help her out and teach her about protecting privacy, and she's become a privacy champion. I think she's 19 now. But imagine your 17-year-old daughter gets spied on for a year on the webcam, on the microphone, on the laptop, on the tablet, on the smartphone. It's called a RAT, a remote access Trojan, and it gets past most antivirus software. Don't click on links in SMS from people you don't know. Don't click on links and open emails with attachments that you weren't expecting. She didn't know. It looked like it was from someone she trusted. He spoofed a trusted email, and she got infected for a year. Took the FBI six months thereafter to catch him, and uh, he's in jail now where he where he belongs. It's a really sad story, but she's turned around being a victim into being a champion. Well, and and I think you, I also read on your site, like even just as paranoid as this might seem to people, but just putting a card or a piece of tape over like your webcam, like, it, like assuming people might actually have a rat or, you know, to, I mean, I'm if I had a daughter, which I don't, but I've got a son, but, you know, it's still the same thing. I mean, what what steps would, would a parent take 
or, you know, or anybody take to kind of, you know, kind of overcome that, that threat of the hacked webcam and, and listening devices? Well, you can uh, cover your webcam and even your microphone. You can in, go in the hardware and disable them, mm-hmm. but you might want to Skype or do other things. And uh, there's a company called Cam Patch that makes a really cool patch that goes over the webcam, but it doesn't stick to it, so you don't have to keep uh, cleaning it. And so when you're not using your webcam, you have this little sticker-like thing over it, and then when you're ready to use it, you just kind of turn it sideways. That's very useful. Um, even a business card over your computer's webcam is smart. Uh, some of the largest companies in the world, people are getting eavesdropped. Even the banks. Would you believe the largest breach recently with 100 banks in, in Europe? Uh, the hackers watched people and their behavior. They used the webcam, they used the microphone, and they used the keyboard. And then they understood the behavior inside the bank. And Kaspersky says they've stolen almost a billion dollars in cash because they were able to watch people's behavior for a little while. So if you can make it so no one can watch your behavior, you're not going to be a victim. Yeah. You know, Gary, you've created some some very innovative technology that can help shield people's personal information. So what products do you have that would be the most beneficial to the everyday citizen for protecting their privacy? Well, if you're a survivalist, the privacy pack is something we put together. We, gener- we get no revenue out of it for Snoopwall. I wanted to partner with companies that really care about privacy. So you can get a cam patch, a charge defense, so you can't charge and get malware through your charger, and a privacy case that makes you go off the radar if you forgot to disable GPS. You can get all those tools. We bundle them all together, plus the free tools that we make for consumers, and that's called our privacy pack. So that's a package that costs money. If you just want to grab our tools that are free, if you go to snoopwall.com and you click on consumer, we have privacy app to scan Windows and to scan Android. We can't do Apple because Apple won't let us. That's a whole other story. Mm. And then we have privacy flashlight, open source. It's about a 100 kilobyte flashlight app. The average flashlight app, 500 million downloads on Android and iPhone, is about 5 to 30 megabytes, and it spies on you. So we made an open source free flashlight app for Android, iPhone, and Windows phones. Privacy app will scan for who's spying on you, and you can clean them up and get rid of them. Privacy flashlight, number one downloaded tool in the world is a flashlight app. We didn't want you to get one that's spyware anymore, so we made one that's free. Great. Well, um, Gary, really great information. I really appreciate you taking some extra time with us today. And um, I think this is a real eye-opener for a lot of people out there. And there's a lot of actionable advice in there, so so really thank you. Listen, everyone, Gary has a lot more information on his website that's going to help you take control of your privacy and your most personal information. So don't waste any time on this. I think one of the biggest things is, is procrastination or the I have nothing to hide syndrome. Um, we all have stuff that we think is personal and guarded. And as you can see now, it, it's not as safe as you think it is. So make sure that you go over to the website at www.snoopwall.com and check out all the extra tips that he has there and the special software that you can put to use right now. There's lots of great information there and videos as well. And until our next Modern Combat and Survival broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying train hard, stay safe, prepare now. Modern Combat and Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. 
You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.